Welcome back to the Suburban Urbanist Blogcast. This is episode seven, where I will make the case for co-working space in the suburbs. Now I know um, in many communities there may already be co-working space in the suburbs, but where I live, uh, there is not. And particularly since I work in the township of, in, in suburbia, it is something that I'm currently advocating for for my community. So it was a topic that I thought was interesting and it's actually been on the blog for, for a little bit now. Um, so if you've visited the website and you've visited the blog, uh, the written blog, then you may have seen this before, but I did want to go ahead and record it. Speaking of the website, visit suburbanurbanist.com and check out what I've got going there. I have uh, several other entries and some of the text from um, previous podcast episodes. So if you didn't have a chance to listen, you can quickly catch up. I also have slides that correspond with the lecture series uh, blogcast things uh, that I had prepared since the lecture series is lectures from my course in, on public policy analysis. Uh, I had those slides prepared and I did uh, obviously brand them for Suburban Urbanist, but posted those along so you could uh, look at the slides and then follow along as I'm uh, discussing the topics on the blogcast as well. So as always, you can also reach out to me via email at suburbanurbanist at gmail.com if you have any comments, suggestions, or just want to drop a line and say hello. And with that, let's go ahead and get into it. This is episode seven, the case for co-working in the suburbs. As I mentioned in the intro, uh, today I'm going to be talking about the case for co-working in the suburbs. As I've discussed on previous episodes, uh, I am an urbanist at heart, but obviously my day job is as an economic development director for a suburban community. And so with that in mind, I wanted to make the case for co-working space being located in suburban areas. Um, so in doing some research on this topic, I, I found a report that's by the Pew Research Center. Where that says roughly 55% of Americans live in suburban areas compared to 31% in urban and 14% in rural areas. Additionally, the American Community Survey from 2017 uh, data shows that approximately 38% of the population commutes at least 30 minutes to work and 17% commute at least 45 minutes. Long commutes and congested roadways mean higher personal transportation costs, such as gas and vehicle maintenance, uh, loss of leisure, family time opportunities from having to spend additional time on the road, greater amounts of vehicle pollution, and higher public service costs to maintain roads. Meanwhile, recent urbanization trends have brought more and more businesses to the urban core of cities. Uh, from the employee perspective, business relocations do lead many employees to have uh, longer commutes and, and the higher costs and lost opportunities that, that go along with that. On the employer side, uh, researchers in England actually found that adding 20 minutes of commuting time per day produces the same negative effect on employee satisfaction as cutting their pay 19%. Um, 
I was surprised by that fact, but it, it was an interesting one for sure. And so while the housing boom in, in downtown areas may make headlines and lead one to think that most Americans are ready to, to pick up their roots, move into the urban cores, suburban home sales and growth patterns do tell a different story. So, for example, there's a report by Brookings uh, that showed suburban growth rates actually exceeded urban uh, city growth rates in both t from 2015 to 2016, as well as 2016 to 2017. So while ma many areas at this point are at full employment, uh, which is the economic condition where virtually everyone is in an area who can be employed is employed, and they're are more job openings than there are unemployed people at the moment. Businesses must really find ways to keep their employees happy or else they may seek out other opportunities. You know, from the business perspective, utilizing suburban co-working space as a sort of proxy satellite office offers the ability to keep their workers happy by, by essentially offering them an alternative workplace within their communities with relatively minimal real estate costs associated with that space. Furthermore, technology has enabled more and more businesses to let their employees work remotely. So this means that workers can stay in their communities, uh, be close to their kids' schools, the, the parks that they like to go to, uh, and the amenities that they sought out when deciding to live in the suburban area, while also uh, fueling employee satisfaction and, and happiness. So from the employee perspective, co-working space offers the ability of suburban residents to still go to an office type setting if they choose while remaining close to home. Um, I bring this up, my, my wife actually works from home and I don't know how she can do it. Uh, I've worked from home a couple of days and I, it's just, it's hard for me to focus when I'm sitting at home. Uh, it's easy for her, she's used to it. She's been doing it for uh, something like, I don't know, seven, eight years now. But it's just not something, I guess I would get used to it if I was in that situation, but I feel that I need to, to kind of get up, and, you know, take a shower in the morning, uh, put on work clothes, and then actually go somewhere, whether it's a coffee shop, library, or a co-working space, to actually feel like I can be productive. So, uh, you know, I think that is important for, for some employees that, that have the same kind of feeling that I have, that they can't really work from home because there's too many distractions at the house. The co-working offers a, a good alternative to that. You know, furthermore, co-working spaces can also support the growing entrepreneurial community and facilitate an office environment for independent contractors who, uh, per a, another report that I found from the Department of Labor, currently represent about 10% of the workforce. Finally, for real estate investors who may own properties or office spaces in the suburbs, by having co-working tenants, uh, it, it, quite frankly, enhances your marketing ability for your property so that you can market to site selectors or market to businesses, and it opens up new doors um, and also Marketing to the community in general, maybe they there already are independent contractors that work uh, that live in the community where that office space is going, and now you're giving them another option for office space. So I think there are some marketing advantages that would be uh, included in, in that you could include in your uh, flyers and your packets when advertising your property. And finally, there there are some economic advantages that the suburbs offer, such as free parking and there could be uh, income tax savings that you could work out with your your tax 
attorney or whatnot, because in many suburban communities like the one I work for, which is a township in Ohio, they may not charge a local income tax or the income taxes are lower than they are in cities. So there could be cost savings there. The suburbs also have close proximity to highways should the consumers of their co-working space need to say travel for a meeting or they're hosting a guest. There's obviously nearby dining, there's nearby entertainment options, and there's plenty of lodging that are associated um, with the suburbs and other community amenities such as fitness centers, parks, schools, etc. So that's really all I have on my initial thoughts on, on why co-working space would fit in the suburbs. I'd be interested in hearing your feedback, um, whether you think this is a good idea, bad idea, other reasons why it would work or why it wouldn't work. Uh, I'd be interested to know what you got. So uh, you can visit the website, suburbanurbanist.com, shoot me a line, and, and let me know what you think. So thanks again for joining me, and I will catch you on the next episode.